This is David Nage with my co-host Amanda Frankel. This is Baselayer, where institutional investors learn about crypto. This is David, and this is your new episode of Baselayer. On today's episode, we have Alex, who is the co-founder of Lolly, a company I am super excited about for many different reasons, but predominantly it's because they are creating an on-ramp to Bitcoin for the average person who every single day goes on Gap.com, goes to Bloomingdale's, goes to Casper, buys a bed, buys their drugs from CVS, and effectively they've created a rewards program that allows people to earn Bitcoin. This is such a super interesting company and such an amazing growth. They've already gotten 750 retailers on the platform and they are growing that every single week. It's a great conversation about why Alex is building this company, his passion for Bitcoin, and a lot of the reasons why he thinks this is going to be the future. This is an episode you don't want to miss for sure and I highly recommend taking a listen if you can. Really learn about Lolly, uh, download the plugin, take a look at it, play with it. It's super easy to do and you'll enjoy this one for sure. Remember, nothing on Baselater is investment advice, so please do your own research. On the flip side, you hear from our sponsor, and then you'll hear the show with Alex. Have a good one. Today's family offices and hedge funds face a number of challenges when it comes to trading and managing their crypto portfolios. On the trading front, siloed liquidity, opaque execution, and questionable compliance deter entry. On the management front, spreadsheet and manual workflows are still the de facto solution. These infrastructure and usability problems, which have been long solved in traditional finance, still need to be addressed in crypto. Lumina has set out to solve these problems. Go to Lumina.app to learn more. This is David, and this is your new episode of Baselayer. I am so excited about this one, guys. We have Alex Edelman, who is the co-founder of Lolly. This is a company that I am super excited about. Now, again, remember, nothing on Baselayer is investment advice, so go ahead and go search Lolly out yourself. But this is a company that I am just so excited about. It has provided a really interesting on-ramp to getting people who are not necessarily technically sophisticated or maybe people who understand software, people who, you know, are the average Joes and Marys in Midwest and other places throughout the world. It gives them an ability to actually start to own and get some Bitcoin just by doing things that they do on a daily basis, which is shopping online. So Alex, I'm really excited to have you on here. Uh, if you could, for the listeners, uh, give a little bit of a background about yourself, what you did before Lolly and how you guys came up with Lolly and what you're doing today. Yeah. So, so first off, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's good to be here. Um, yeah. So my name's uh, Alex Edelman, um, born and raised in, in North Carolina and started Lolly about a year ago um, with my same team as my last company. Um, but yeah, what we're, what we're doing is we're uh, creating a Bitcoin rewards company that gives people Bitcoin when they shop online, uh, making it really simple for people to earn Bitcoin uh, so they don't have to mine it and they don't have to invest in it. 
that's you know it's really interesting so before you created lolly you had founded a company called cosmic cart which as far as i understand it was a universal shopping cart and it allowed people to kind of sell their goods anywhere online which we've seen instances of that happening throughout the last five to ten years with more people going online and doing e-commerce and so what I'd love to start digging into is kind of how and why you decided to create a, a rewards platform to offer users Bitcoin. And how did that, where did that kind of idea come from? Where did the, the kind of catalyst come from in uh, working with you and your partner, Matt? So as with most uh, ideas, it came from a lot of different points um, in my life and then also uh, with, the, you know, with the company. Um, and just from a lot of different people and ideas uh, coming together. So we started Cosmic with this idea of democratizing commerce or this mission of democratizing commerce. How do we give everybody in the world the ability to buy and sell anywhere? And we, we thought in the early days or, uh, that that experience came from a universal cart, um, giving both merchants the ability to sell anywhere and consumers the ability to buy anywhere. So if you're on a blog or if you're watching a YouTube video or if you're on Instagram, you should be able to buy that product wherever you are at that moment that you want it. Uh, you shouldn't be beholden to the platform, the um, payment providers, the any anything. It should just be about native commerce everywhere. And that helps the best products rise to the top. And it also helps the consumer uh, have a better experience. And if you look at sort of commerce as a, communi as a, as a form of communication, um, it really strengthens the ties of, of people um, all across the world, and it, it, it creates a sort of layer on top of the Internet, um, which already sort of you know, connects us all, and it strengthens these ties um, across people. So that was the mission of, of Cosmic, and a couple years into building Cosmic, uh, we really started to um, see a lot of issues with like payment rails and banking um, partners and just all the sort of the the partners and services that were sort of taxing uh, these intermediaries that were taxing um, us and, and our partners. So already sort of had like a lot of frustration with the the payment industry and, and sort of the banking uh, industry. And clearly, you know, it does a lot of good and, and a lot of our financial systems are based on it. And a lot of, you know, Bitcoin is based on our current, um, you know, banking and financial rails. But I think there's a lot of issues and inefficiencies uh, with the current processes. So that was sort of our frustration um, point. And then a couple years in, into building Cosmic, um, I remember I was at a bar and I remember like through a friend of a friend bumping into Ryan Shea, who I'd never met before. And he was super early into learning about Bitcoin and it, he just would not stop talking about it. I mean, in the, in the best way possible, he, had, he was just like obsessed. And we talked about it for like two or three hours at this bar. And I just, I loved his passion for it. I loved uh, all, everything he was telling me about it. And it really sounded like the democratization of commerce, this you know mission that we were on, native to a currency. And it, it just got, got us really, like got me really excited. I, you know, I went home and posted it in like the Slack or HipChat, I think is what we were using at the time. And my team got really excited about it. And we all just sort of had a personal curiosity and interest, um, stayed in touch with it over the years and, and um, fall, you know, made sure that we were following the space. We ended up um, like that. That was sort of the peak, you know, that peaked our interest into Bitcoin and, and kept us interested. And I think we all sort of like probably bought a little bit. This was like you know pre-acquisition, so clearly I wish I had bought more, um, but I didn't. 
I was, I was saying I was paying myself like 30K a year at the time, so I didn't have much to, to buy. Um, but it wasn't really, like it taught me sort of a lesson. It wasn't about how much I had. It was the fact that I had skin in the game and I had any at all. And that was sort of an inspiration down the road for it not, people don't need a whole Bitcoin to get involved. You could have $5 in Bitcoin and you're playing a part of the game. It's a, um, it's, it, it's sort of, you just need any sort of bit of skin in the game. And as we you know, continued on this path of building um, this universal shopping cart um, and building towards this democratization of commerce, um, we ended up getting acquired uh, when everybody started talking about buy buttons and native commerce. And, and so we ended up getting uh, acquired by a company called Pop Sugar to come in and power 1.2 billion in, in uh, merchant revenue. And that was a, sort of like a you know, big break for us. We grew a lot post acquisition, uh, so much so that we were more valuable to another company that came along and acquired us away. Um, and that, that company is called Ebates. And Ebates, for those of you that don't know, is a the biggest cashback company in the U.S. They they were sort of the first in the space. They started about 15 or 20 years ago, and really sort of um, paved the way uh, of cashback rewards. So we spent about a year there, uh, learned a ton about the model, uh, built these really deep uh, merchant partnerships uh, that you know we've really leveraged today. And when we parted ways after about a year, we started to look back at like you know what do we want to build next? What's the thing that like really inspires us? And we get coming back to this issue of um, how do we distribute Bitcoin to more people? How do we teach people about self-sovereign identity and banking? And um, what does that future look like? And what part are we going to play in it? So we we really like went back to the drawing board. We just kept coming back to this idea of the first, you know, the first step of, of adoption was mining. The next step was investing. And that's such a tiny percent of the population that will ever mine and that will ever invest. And so how do you take it to the next billion people? Mm -hmm. And something that a billion people do is shop. And like, if we can make it very, very easy for everybody to shop and earn uh, this currency that has value that is scarce, you know, there's only 21 million of these. There, mm -hmm. it's not changing anytime soon. And so, if we can distribute this, you know, part of this 21 million to everybody who shops, we can make it incredibly easy for people to earn um, instead of having uh, like to to buy or mine. Right. And so. There's so much to unpack there. As I said, I've been excited about this uh, this this show for a while. And so initially, I want to go back a little bit. So when you had that kind of Bitcoin moment, uh, when Ryan was talking to you about this, and you he was obviously very excited, and you obviously got inspired by it. When you went out to initially get some Bitcoin back, was it what, five or six years ago, would you say? Was yeah, it around, about five years ago. How easy or difficult would you categorize that process to be if you were someone who like a family office a high net worth person an institutional investor that might not necessarily be very technically savvy how easy or difficult would you categorize getting into the ecosystem five or six years ago it was tough i mean i think coinbase did an incredible job of making it easier um, but that doesn't mean it was easy uh, I think it still took like a couple weeks to get set up, to get like banking approved, to do all like the KYC that was required. Um, it was definitely an experience that I would not recommend or would have recommended to many people. Uh, I don't actually think, like, I, I have a big thing with not not giving uh, financial advice to anyone. And I like to say I've never done it, even to family. Um, and and I, I just don't, I, I, I just have an issue. I think everybody should do their own research 
And so I've, I've shared a million articles, a million videos on Bitcoin, but I've never told anyone to buy. I said, you know, just learn about it and see if it's right for you. And part of the frustration of like not being able to share this incredible thing that I think is going to change the world and already has changed the world. I, I, I it's like the only way to do it, to get into it was to invest in it. And, and so my mom kept texting me, my friends from back home kept texting me, my friends from Minneapolis and Chicago and, and Omaha were texting me about this thing because they knew I, I like was in, interested in, in Bitcoin, but I, I wouldn't tell any of them to go invest in it. Uh, I said, just research it and then you decide. And I've had many people come back and be like, thank you. Um, but <laughs> I, you know, I, wouldn't, I would never have said to invest. But part of that frustration about not having an easy way to share Bitcoin with people certainly inspired me to... Um, you know, come up and, and build uh, Lolly with my team um, because it was so difficult to share. And if, if you've uh, used Lolly, like it sounds like, it, I mean, it, you can get set up. And I think we had like our, our record for somebody like buying and earning is, is like under 10 minutes right now. Yep. Uh, so it's, I mean, you sign up, it takes like 30 seconds and then, you know, go shop and buy whatever you, you know, normally buy at any of the 750 merchants that we have, uh, whether it's groceries, travel, um, you know, like toilet paper, whatever, whatever you, you're, you're buying and then you're earning Bitcoin. So we make it really easy. Uh, I'd like to say, you know, it, I'm biased, but I'd like to say we've created the easiest way to earn Bitcoin. Um, but yeah, we've been working hard. Um, and I think, we, I think we deserve to say that. No, you do. Um, <laughs> funny story. So my wife was on my laptop about two weeks ago and she was actually, I think she was trying to find some dresses on Bloomingdale's and then all of a sudden, my lolly um, pop up came up and said, "Well, if she buys this, then you're going to earn <clears throat> two and a half or three, you know, percent of Bitcoin." And she's like, "What is this?" And she knows about Bitcoin. She knows about, about crypto, obviously, these days because I've been in this for a few years now. But it was super simple for folks. All you need to do is download a plugin to your browser if you're using Chrome or if you're using Firefox or some of the other browsers out there. It, it's the simple plugin, and then you. The, you know, I didn't know you were at 750 brands. The last time I knew it was 500 plus brands. But some of the brands, just to give the listeners a, a kind of a purview of some of the brands that if they go on things like Walmart, <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of people go on Walmart. If they go on Jet, uh, if they go on Bonobos, if they go on Gap, uh, if they go on Best Buy, if they go on Harry's or Bloomingdale's, like I mentioned, or Barnes & Noble. So you have done a tremendous job getting all of this adoption from the retailers. I want to know a little bit more about those conversations. So when you're trying to get retailers onboarded onto Lolly, how are those conversations going? Are they, are the retailers saying, well, I don't really want to be part of this crypto thing, air quote, or are they saying, yeah, we want to do that. We've been trying to get into the space. What's the temperature on the retailers that you're talking to? Uh, the temperature has been good. I mean, I think the, you know, the, the numbers, um, you know, sh show the, the logos show. Uh, I think that a lot of, um, other part, uh, parties in, in the Bitcoin space have, tr have had trouble, um, getting retailer adoption because they were asking the wrong questions. They, they came in and they said, accept Bitcoin. You like people want to use it. And the market just like is not there, was not definitely not there five years ago when a lot of these part you know, players started, uh, coming out. And you have to, uh, you know, I like to use this um, sort of uh, idea for the world, just understanding people, understanding businesses. And there's this great question that a friend, you know, once told me a few years ago that uh, has really helped me. And it's it, the, the, the question is like, you know, what are you optimizing for? What is, what is a retailer optimizing for? What is a consumer optimizing for? And a retailer is optimizing 
they don't want to like add a new tech layer. They want to, they're optimizing for more sales. They're optimizing for more consumers. Accepting Bitcoin is such a, uh, a massive undertaking that these would change their entire backend financial system to be able to accept Bitcoin. You have to do a massive tech integration. You have to mm-hmm. um, deal with all the payment security compliance. There's so much legwork in doing that. Like we can get set up with a, a merchant in just about under 24 hours in almost every case. And, and so there's really no legwork. It's super easy to like plug in and there's no loss. Like we only make money. Our users only make money when they're driving sales. So it's sort of like, you know, I don't want to like oversell this thing, but it it sells itself because it's just a kind of a no brainer for these merchants that are curious about Bitcoin, but don't necessarily want to um, get the adoption. So I'll give you like, you know, the inside scoop as sort of like what my process is. I, you know, I go to, I go to Walmart, I went to Walmart, you know, seven, eight months ago before we were going to launch. And I said, look, we've got a few hundred retailers on board and these retailers are on board because they want to drive more users and incremental revenue to their platform. We have 15 million users that are on Coinbase right now that have shown that they want Bitcoin. We are creating the easiest way to earn Bitcoin and we're gonna drive these consumers to you. I'm not talking to Amazon. We are, we, are, we are coming to Walmart and we're coming to Jet and we're going to Overstock and we're saying we're gonna send you all of these amazing new customers and we're gonna send you incremental revenue that would have probably gone to Amazon. They get really excited about that because they're, you know, we're at the time where everyone's trying to compete with Amazon. And if you can give them a tool to compete with Amazon, they're happy. And most of the question is about incrementality and about our, our like unique audience more so than it is about Bitcoin. Bitcoin, the sell, the sell is actually really easy. It's we, we've come to them and we've said, look, you know point systems. Think of Bitcoin as an international point system with mm-hmm. no no barriers and and like very set rules. But those rules are international and fair to everybody, and we don't write those rules. The rules are public. Read the white paper if you really want to, but it's a currency that everybody in the world can use. And as retailers look to attract a more global audience and look to get into international payments and more cross-border payments are happening, they get really excited about this idea of selling to everybody, reaching everybody, and the long-term potential of a point system that has no borders. So there's a two-part sell. And it's been really easy to um, like, you know, I, I should I shouldn't say it's really easy. Like a lot of these partners have been our friends for seven years. We sold them a great solution with um, with Cosmic. And so we built up this trust. So I will say that we have some sort of a competitive advantage. Um, just our, you know, our team, because our team has this credibility and we know what they want and we know how to listen. We know how to uh, share um you know, build build these solutions, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I should I should brag on our team a little bit more. Uh, we, we we our claim to fame in this space is actually like surviving the the great Target breach um, of, of about five six years ago. I don't right. know if you remember that. Yeah. Uh, we had a fun story and a good test of how uh, you know our, our security compliance and and um, privacy um, standards and all that good stuff. Basically, we we entered a market. A lot of people started to. Um, sort of copy us with um, inferior technologies, and we we ended up landing Target as sort of like a big break for us. And we were like in a, you know a couple weeks into to um, the you know an on-prem integration, and I pull up Reddit and it's like 8 a.m. Uh, I pull up Reddit. I'm at like Target headquarters, and the, th- the first thing on Reddit was biggest credit card breach of all time, Target. Mm-hmm. 
and we're literally sitting there. Secret Service is like running around, like trying to figure out what's going on. It was one of the craziest days of my like professional life, and it probably, hopefully, will be uh, the craziest day. Um, but I, I, we were like, I hope we didn't do that. I just remember turning to Matt, and I was like, Did we do that? And he he like wasn't one hundred percent sure, but he's like, I don't think so. So. Turns out we had nothing to do with it, and we ended up passing all the security penetration tests with flying colors, uh, ended up locking in a really long-term, um, advantageous, mutually beneficial um, uh, target deal, and it sort of set us on a tra trajectory and, and really shut down a lot of our competitors um, because we set out to build it the right way, deep API integrations, uh, security as like a focus, um, mm -hmm. and, and and that really like uh, put our team to a test and, and sort of incentivized us to always sort of build uh, with the quality in mind and the, the customer in mind. Right. So I'm going to ask you the tough question and it's the Amazon question. And so I was talking to, we had a, one of the guests on a few weeks ago, uh, my friend Avichal Garg, who was at Facebook and he's, uh, he also was a founder of a company called Spool and he's been in integrated into the tech world for a long time. And we were talking about how entrepreneurs, especially in Silicon Valley in SF, have really been exploring crypto much more because they don't want to compete against Bezos and they don't want to compete against Zuckerberg. And so there seems to be a lot of fear about going against Amazon because Amazon is such a behemoth these days. And so, you know, in terms of your, you know, kind of business, could would Amazon or could Amazon ever one day say, you know what, these guys at Lolly have it, have it right you know, <laughs> we're just going to go out and do that ourselves. Do you think that ever would happen? Or do you, you know, I know you guys have a lot of runway already. Um, and you guys have already have 750 retailers on there. But is that ever a fear that Amazon might say, yeah, you know what, they got something we're going to we're going to go do that now, too? Um, I don't think so, because they they've really cannibalized their marketplace uh, and, and really pissed off a lot of merchants. Um, so there's massive businesses that that have been built and will be built in the future that just power every other retailer other than Amazon. I do not, I'm not under this belief of this like new world order under, under Amazon. Um, I, I think they've, you know, they've done a really good job and they, they do a lot of things right. And it's an unbelievably like run organization. Uh, but I, I, I really think that, um, like, I mean, for instance, I switched over entirely to jet six months ago um, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I want Bitcoin more than I want to shop at Amazon and I haven't mm -hmm. looked back. Like, you sort of have to make a decision when you, you know, you, when you use Lolly, do you want Bitcoin or do you not? And you do want it for free. And you have you, like, we've seen this massive shift in consumer behavior because Bitcoin is the North star. It's the focus and it's something that people want. So I could see Amazon like offering their consumers, uh, the ability to like earn Bitcoin back maybe in the future. Uh, or I could maybe see people, you know, them offering the ability to pay with Bitcoin. If we inspire that that change, I'm going to be stoked. Like it's going to enable right. all of our merchants to start accepting Bitcoin because they have to compete against Amazon, and we're going to be at the intersection of earning and spending. So, like just as far as like a, you know from a business standpoint, I think our business will be validated if mm -hmm. Amazon competes with us, and it'll be even more validated uh, when Amazon works with us, which I think they'll do first before they compete with us. Right. Um, we're talking to all the right people there. I, you know, I've been, been in the space for seven years. I know who all the decision makers are at all the top uh, merchants. And, and so we're talking with the right people. And we sort of have this like 
ongoing like fun email thread back and forth where I, you know, uh, send them all of our stats of all the uh, revenue that I'm sending away from their site. And it just keeps going up and up and up. And like, you know, they see they you know, I send them all the, all everybody's tweets and I, I send people like, you know, send them our impressions and mm-hmm. they see how passionate the Bitcoin community is and how mm-hmm. excited people are about Lolly. And we started this whole thing about a week ago on, on um, Twitter where it's just like, vote with your dollars. Like, what are you right. doing if you, I, I, I you know, I, I love our users, but the whole win Amazon thing is just sort of this, it, it's, it, it doesn't fit with the ethos of Bitcoin. If you want Bitcoin to do well, you have to vote with your dollars. You have to right. spend at Bitcoin friendly merchants and, and you're like, there's nothing you're going to lose. You will right. earn Bitcoin. You'll buy the same shit you normally would, and you can discover new retailers that compete with Amazon, thus decentralizing, you know, retail and commerce. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's it's net good. Um, and so I'm encouraging all of our users to shop at all of our merchants. Go to our stores page, like check out all of our merchants. We have over 750, and like we're we're adding new ones every week, and we're announcing it on our Twitter. Like it, people are getting really pumped up, and right. and they're discovering like you can earn for travel, you can earn for grocery, you can earn for home improvement. Like we've opened up um, our website. We have a little like icon at the bottom right where you can ask us literally anything. Like if you're searching, if you're looking for like um, a a new phone or a, um, you know, a trip to Hawaii, like, um, or, you know, band-aids, like whatever you're looking for, like you just come to us and we will find you the best, like the best Bitcoin back rates and we want to encourage you to like discover all of our merchants. So that's great. We're, we're on the we're, we're on the pursuit. We're in the pursuit of like eventually attracting Amazon. We'll be you know clearly excited when when we do. But we can't put mm-hmm. all the eggs in that basket. And the best thing we can do is is show them how much revenue we're driving away from them. And that's that's what's going to get them excited. Right. Totally agree with everything there. Um, and so I want to understand the mechanisms a little bit more. So when a user goes and they download the plugin and they go when they're on Gab or they're on Bloomingdale's. And so I'm, I'm, I, you're going to have to have a wallet to be able to obviously receive the Bitcoin that you're receiving as a reward. So are you helping people with education on wallets? Are you, you know, helping them with the difference between hot and cold storage? How are you, you know, kind of interacting at that level uh, with custody of those assets? Yeah, so uh, we're about to launch our, our blog, and we have a lot of really cool content coming out. We have an educational series coming out, uh, which we'll announce very soon. Uh, but we've been working really hard. Um, basically, you know, we're we're six months in, and I think we've done a really good job on Twitter on like you know sharing what Bitcoin is, and and customers that ask in our support channel, uh, like, hey, why why Bitcoin? Like, what you know, why, why should I have this? And um, our FAQ page, like, we can be always be doing more. And we have a lot of really cool stuff planned, just you know, altruistically about teaching our new consumers. Uh, one of our insights right, right now is we're about close to 50-50, um, just you know, qualitatively, of people who are both, so 50% that are people who have had Bitcoin, that know Bitcoin, that love Bitcoin, and then this other 50, which we're not sure like kind of where they're coming from, but they're curious about Bitcoin and they want it, and they wouldn't have invested, but they want to earn it. And, and so if we can keep that rate going, you know, as we continue to grow, it's going to get really exciting, but it's our responsibility as a, as a, uh, Bitcoin company on, you know, the forefront at the beachhead, like we need, it's our responsibility to educate that other 50%, the latter, you know, 50%. 
and teach them why Bitcoin is so important. Mm -hmm. um, like we're already giving them skin in the game, so they're they're valuing it. You know, once they have uh, some bit, you know, some amount of Bitcoin in their in their wallet, and they'll mm -hmm. see that go up, they'll see it go down, and it'll pique their interest. And it's our responsibility to reinforce that interest um, with uh, real education. So right. uh, expect to see a lot from us over the next six months to a year um, on in just the education space. And so. I want to dive. I want to dive in a little bit more into, you know, obviously the mission is to share Bitcoin with billions of people all over the world, as you've alluded to, and so we're in a place and in a time right now where Bitcoin obviously has been around for ten years. Um, you know, it has the Lindy effect. What was the driving force? Now that we're entering in, into a phase where some people are calling in an asset class, you know, obviously some of the banks are calling crypto an asset class. I have called it an asset class, crypto assets. We're entering into a phase where it's no longer just about Bitcoin, but there is obviously competitors. There's players like Ethereum and EOS and Tezos and some of the other protocols out there. There are obviously other things that have some value to people that are obviously investing in them on a daily basis. Why is it is the mission to share Bitcoin with billions of people, and not necessarily some of the other crypto assets? What was the what was the primary decision, the driver? Is it because of the legacy of the Lindy effect of it being there for ten years and obviously being, you know, ninety nine point nine percent up and having you know obviously most of the security already kind of taken care of, some of those issues. Or is there, you know, any kind of future where you might actually start rewarding people with other crypto assets? Uh, yes, that's a great question, we, and, we, and um, it's a, an important question too. Um, and and there's sort of a few parts to the to the answer. It's not it's not a uh, I don't I don't just have like one answer to it because it is it's a number of things. Um, I I personally um, believe that Bitcoin has you know uh, proven the test. Of time, as far as technology goes, that it's it it has value. It is incredibly important for the future. Um, it gives everybody in the world a store of value. And what I think later, you know, with second layer solutions, a medium of exchange, uh, with things like Lightning Network, um, and the at the end of the day, as far as like a you know for marketing uh, purposes, like it is a simpler thing to understand. Than just throwing, you know, a hundred currencies at somebody and expecting them to figure them all out. Um, if you look at a lot of exchanges, I think that they have sort of lost what the customer was first like when they first came on board. Right now, a lot of the exchanges attract an investor type that is going to do, do deep research, going to look at all, you know, the the um, the developer uh, activity. They're going to look at uh, the, read the white paper. The average consumer is not going to read your white paper. They're not going to understand it. And so it's our responsibility to give them something that is both scarce and, and valuable, but that has true value. And I, at this point, do not feel comfortable giving anything else other than Bitcoin. Bitcoin, I believe in, I, I feel that like the quality uh, of, of, of Bitcoin and, and sort of the uh, ethos of Bitcoin is so important to share, and I want to be proven wrong. I want our other, not proven wrong, I want other currencies, um, I, other mediums of exchange, other stores of value to come out and prove me wrong. I want people to 
like build better Bitcoins. Like I, it's not, um, I'm not dogmatic about Bitcoin. Um, I, although it may seem like it sometimes. And while I would consider myself at this point, you know, a, a maximalist, um, I wouldn't say that like my mind couldn't be changed. I invite, uh, you know, conversations with, with every currency out there, every digital currency. Um, and I'm trying to stay up to date on, on absolutely all of them. Uh, when they come out. So right. I, I wouldn't say that we'll never offer others. I just think that uh, sort of two-part answer, we have to give some people something of value. We have to keep the message extremely simple. And at the end of the day, we're not, we're not really taking away anything. We're not, we're not crushing the free market of, of tokens and, and currencies. If you have Bitcoin, you can get anything you want. You can go buy any of these currencies. If you want to do your research about EOS, go buy EOS. If you want to do research about Ethereum, go get Ethereum. Like you can do anything you want with with the Bitcoin that you earn from Lolly. It's your keys, your coin. Like you know, just it, it, it's it's just not our uh, ethos to like shill or to give uh, currencies that that we don't necessarily have value at this um, point in history. Right. So there's a fundamental kind of there's a fundamental choice that you guys have made you've obviously you know as i alluded to you know there are, are rationales behind it which i i had I figured um in terms of more of the mechanics so just for the listeners as you know again i want everyone to go on lolly and to check this out and to put the you know to download the plugin and to kind of start experimenting with it you know uh, it's my opinion and i've said this on the show many times that you really need to start experimenting with some of these platforms that are coming online because there's actually reality. There are things that are actually happening now. It's not just white papers. It's not just kind of theoretical conversations. There are real platforms like Lolly that exist that are offering ways for people to on-ramp. And I want to get into the kind of the, the state of the state of on-ramps, but effectively, I just want the listeners to kind of understand the mechanism. So, a listener can go and download the plugin. They will go to gap.com. They'll pick out some shorts and some shirts and they will make their purchase and they will effectively, the Lolly plugin will pop up and they will say how much they could potentially earn. Now, does that mean that Lolly itself has to acquire Bitcoin, which then they disperse to those people? How does it work? Yes. So we partner with merchants and um, the merchants will pay us when we send users to their site to shop. Uh, we then sh uh, split that payment, uh, that commission, uh, giving the lion's share uh, to our users, um, and we uh, we buy the Bitcoin. Um, we're we're getting you know the best rates uh, in in the market because we're we're doing real volume, and we're also uh, we work with some really great OTCs, and um, and then we we. Uh, hold that Bitcoin securely in a custodial wallet uh, for our users. And when people hit the $15, you know, equivalent mark, um, they can exchange that Bitcoin. Uh, they can transfer it out. They can withdraw it to, you know, through ACH. They can do whatever they want uh, with that Bitcoin. And typically that only takes like a few purchases to get to, get to that amount. Right. Um, and, you know, we have to have, have that threshold uh, for, for fraud and, and um, uh, security purposes. Right. So I'm curious because I'm sure you, I know you're running a business and it's probably not easy to read up on everything that's happening on a daily basis in crypto land. But I don't know if you saw the report that Bitwise Asset Management came up with uh, about two weeks ago that 
showed that 95% of the Bitcoin volumes uh, on exchanges were effectively faked. Um, you know, as you're obviously having to go to OTCs and having to acquire uh, Bitcoin from different uh, providers, are you concerned about that? Is that something that you're monitoring to make sure that you have best practices and you're working with the obviously the best exchanges and the best OTCs out there? Yeah, we did d deep diligence. I feel like we've talked to every OTC out there, uh, and and we you know we put a lot of these OTCs through you know our how you know how we've been tested over the years. Um, and and uh, I'm pretty confident that we picked some really good OTCs. Uh, we also um, are trying um, really hard not to be reliant on you know one institution uh, and in trying to di diversify. So you can't can't share too much without um, you know compromising our sure. uh, security protocols. But uh, we this is our background. Like I you know I, I I try to educate my friends in the that are starting crypto companies uh, with with our um, expertise, like, you know, what we built with our last company, uh, was arguably way more, uh, had to be, we learned a lot. The best way to say it is we learned a lot from the payment industry. The payment mm -hmm. industry is extremely regulated. You have to abide by every, um, you know, checkbox, um, mm -hmm. to be PCI level one compliant. Like if there's anyone out there that, you know, understands PCI compliance, like look it up. It's it's like 300 questions with like A through E on each one. You have to check every single box, and you have to be vetted by third parties. It is a very intense process, and and that's just you know that's our background. So that's what we are used to doing. That's mm -hmm. what we you know the, those are the sort of standards that we um, are going to introduce to the crypto space, and I think that's what's needed. We, it like, is. You need you need like protocols. You need standards uh, to come in so that it makes everybody else's life easier, and you have uh, less hacks uh, and um, just safer ecosystem. Like these hacks that happen every few months are just like not good for Bitcoin. It's not good for for crypto. It's like think right. about it from the outside consumer. Like every time somebody doesn't think about um, these these protocols, um, it's it's it it sort of messes with everybody. Like. Uh, and so it's it's in our best interest to share those protocols at some point, uh, share those standards, and help help you know work with other great um, early stage companies to to establish those standards. I think that's great, you know, and, and you really hit it on the point that, you know, for the people out there that are still trying to learn about the space, the fact that you're taking such an institutional stance on this, and the fact that you're following such hardened protocols, I think is really something that will encourage more people to take a look at it, and that's why I wanted to dig in there a little bit more. Um, it's, it's, there are people out there that have built businesses, you know, like Quadriga, which he kind of alluded to, you know, obviously, you know, yeah. kind of eviscerating 190 odd million dollars of, of investors funds, but, you know, founders and teams like yours that are obviously following the letter to the T and are doing it the right way, I think will obviously further embolden people to obviously take a look at your uh, your your platform. Now, before we get into the last bits here, I just wanted to kind of give you, uh, you know, a little bit of time. So the state of on-ramps, what is it, you know, for people that don't, it's fairly you know easy to figure out what an on-ramp is, but in crypto land, we talk about on-ramps. We talk about UI and UX that allows people to further get into this space that might not be into the space. So I consider you guys to be at the top of the heap in terms of on-ramps. Are there any other on-ramps or what is the state of on-ramps do you think over the last, you know, half a year to a year 
Do you think that, you know, in the next year or two that it's going to obviously, you know, get even easier to get into this space and get, you know, you know, access to Bitcoin? Where do you think we are right now in terms of the maturation of on-ramps? Um, I mean, I, I kind of encourage more people to think about the on-ramps. I think that's like incredibly important. And and this is not to discount, you know, all the incredible engineers and, and you know, company builders that are that are building the infrastructure layer because both are needed. Um, our, our role in the ecosystem is very different than the you know, uh, Bitcoin core role is different than the you know, infrastructure layer and all are needed to build uh, this ecosystem. We would not be able to build what we have if we didn't have you know, 10 years of work from incredible engineers to get to this point and the, the uh, infrastructure layer that we're relying on for, uh, for storage, for, for um, uh, OTCs and, and uh, all, all that good stuff. Uh, and so I, I, I think everything is needed and everything um, helps with the on-ramp. And there's plenty of people that you know might not you might not consider to be helping with on ramp, but they help power us and they you know they're they're helping us grow. And every every one is sort of playing a part. Um, companies I really like, uh, I love Lightning. I'm really excited uh, for mm -hmm. everything that Elizabeth and Alex Bosworth uh, and that whole team are doing over there. Um, I personally like really excited to eventually implement it. We've played around with it and it looks really good. Uh, we've also gotten like a lot of requests. For it um, on on Twitter uh, to add it to um, to uh, to Lollies for like mm -hmm. quicker, uh, low fee payments yeah. uh, on the on the off ramp uh, into like other wallets, but um, it just hasn't been a, a big need. A lot of people trust Lolly. They've kept uh, their Bitcoin in their Lolly wallet. You know we're you know very public about uh, our dedication to, to privacy and security, and so a lot of people have used it. Uh, I love uh, Wasabi Wallet and like CoinJoin. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're doing some really cool things. Uh, I love the idea of like being able to add like a privacy layer onto Bitcoin and sort of mix up your um, your Bitcoin. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Um, I love what Casa is doing. Uh, I'm a big fan of everything they're doing there. Um, I love this idea um, of everybody having their own node. A node in every home uh, is a really exciting concept, and we hope to um, help them push out that vision. Um, we're, you know, we're in talks with them right now. Uh, I really like them a lot. You um, North Carolina guys always stick together. <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure if that's like an OPSEC fail with, uh, on their end. I know that they're kind of private about where they're located, but it is so funny. There's, there's a lot of Bitcoiners in North Carolina and I haven't figured out why. Uh, maybe it's cause like, there's a lot of, a lot of us grew up with like banking moms and dads. And, and I'm wondering if like, uh, there's like a lot of layoffs over the last 20 years in, in banking. And North Carolina used to be this like financial hub. And I know my personal experience is like, you know, I, uh, rooted in, in, in that. And I do wonder if that's a reason why that um, coupled with this um, fact that there's just a lot of great engineers in North Carolina from it being near the research triangle and having a financial, um, you know, uh, capital being um, or a financial uh, hub being Charlotte, North Carolina. So that's sort of like our my my general thesis for North Carolina, but there happen to be a lot of great crypto engineers. And in, in that's North right. Carolina. Yep. There there's every day I come across someone else in this space who's from North Carolina. So there's <laughs> there's there's something going on in North Carolina. Everyone should you know take a look and maybe take a trip down there and see what's going on. But to wrap it up, you know the things that we do with our guests at the end is. You know, as I've said before, time and time again, there's usually about two inputs that we put into our brain on a daily basis. It's things that we read 
Um, and I'd really love to see in terms of any books that you've read, you know, we all read, you know, blogs and medium and Twitter and all the other things, but anything that you've read in terms of a book that's really resonated with you over the last few months. And then in terms of music, as we just alluded to with Casa and Jeremy, Jeremy taught us all that he's a big metalhead, which was a big surprise. And so anything that you're listening to while you're working or you're traveling, that would really, it tells a lot about a person's uh, kind of personality. So we'd love to hear about any books that you've read and anything that you're musically inclined to. Uh, first of all, I, I love that question. Um, yeah, mix it, mix it up a little bit. So that's, uh, that's great. Um, I, let's say, uh, God, I, I've been reading and listening to a, a, a lot. Um, uh, reading uh, the beginning of Infinity. Um, I just finished uh, Sirens of Titan by Vonnegut. Um, I'm I'm uh, reading Out of Your Mind by Alan Watts. Um, Stardust by Neil Gaiman. Um, so a few a few different things at the moment. Wow. Um, and you know some are audiobooks, some are uh, reading. But uh, I it's it, it's a wide range of topics, but um, I, you know, I'm pretty, uh, if you couldn't already tell, uh, I have pretty bad ADD and the way that my brain works is I, I sort of have to take a lot of tasks, um, on and my brain is, uh, energized by those, those tasks. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of context switching, um, every day. And that helps me make really strong decisions, uh, constantly, uh, throughout the day. So, um, yeah, I mean, Neil Gaiman's, you know, Stardust is, is fantasy, um, Alan Watts philosophy, um, uh, beginning of uh, infinity, uh, some sort of like, uh, like you know, metaphysics and, mm-hmm. and philo- a little bit of philosophy, uh, and then fiction. So I am yeah, uh, reading reading quite a few things right now, and um, very like yeah, feeling like very inspired by uh, what I'm learning in, in all of those. Um, I, I love fantasy. I just went to uh, this uh, Tolkien exhibit at uh, Morgan Library, and I've been on a yes. big uh, Tolkien kick. So I've been reading a lot of like. I you know, read all his books, but like I'm you know, really excited about uh, a lot of these sort of like deep internet, um, uh, just finding everything, like all the little like things that he wrote and, and, and mm-hmm. also his, his art um, and trying to paint a lot more myself, really like open up uh, my mind uh, and think, think more creatively. Uh, it really, it, and it, it really helps. It, it, wow. I used to, with my last company, I was so focused and I was so um, obsessed with like building one thing. And I was like, everything has to be this. And with this company, I've just realized like you have to do what your brain will naturally do. Mm-hmm. And if you fight that, it's it's just this like fool's errand. Uh, one, you're gonna live with regret uh, about the things that you could have done that you like bring you great joy. And I love learning. I love uh, stories. I love uh, artists. I love art and like and uh, music. And you have to fill your things with things you love. And it's made me a smarter, better worker. And yep. that's happier in general. So, um, that's, I guess the, the first question you asked. And the, the second question was, uh, what, what music I'm listening to. Um, right now I'm, I'm pretty like, I, I get on these like big kicks. Um, I am forever a fan of Prince and David Bowie. It wow. just sort of, like feels, uh, like, I don't know, for some reason when I, I moved uh, to New York from Minneapolis and I was just on a massive Prince kick when I was in Minneapolis. And so New York, for some reason, I just, when I'm like walking through the subway, uh, it just, I feel like listening to like Prince and Bowie a lot. Just uh, throw on some let's dance and let's get off the F train and get to work. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, uh, at night, uh, I'm listening, uh, when I'm not listening to audiobooks, uh, I'm listening to a lot of Frank Ocean. Um, so, uh, channel orange is definitely the vibe. 
And and then like one of my favorite albums of all time is Blonde, the Blonde album. And I feel like every time I listen to it, I just get more excited. And I've been actually seeing uh, him around town. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, he's just, like a total inspiration. Um, I, I love everything that he puts out into the universe. And I just think he's an unbelievably creative and talented um, individual and um, really like his work. And Amazing. then um, I've always uh, enjoyed like classical music. Uh, Martinov uh, is someone sort of uh, new I'm listening to and, and uh, forever a bit a fan of Tchaikovsky. Um, I just love like the uh, it, his music for some reason just inspires me. And when I when I walk around New York and listen to Tchaikovsky, it just sort of uplifts my my spirits and everyone sort of dances to his his uh, his sound. So I I, uh, I love I love that. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's a little that's a little bit into Alex's mind. And it is a very cool place. There's lots going on there, which is uh, amazing to hear. And uh in terms of music selection, I can completely, you know, Bowie is a big influence on mine as well, too. So love that. And I did spend some time in uh, in Minnesota because I went to University of Wisconsin. So I oh, actually nice. got to see Prince's house one of these days. It was on Lake Minnetonka, if I'm not mistaken. And my friend, yes. we were on a boat and he said, there's Prince's house. And I said, holy crap, because um, that was the closest I got to Prince. But, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll hopefully maybe one of these days in another life we'll, we'll be able to hang out and have a beer but yeah, we'll alex, purify ourselves in the waters of lake minnetonka as they say there, there you go <laughs> alex this is great so folks can go to lolly.com that's l-o-l-l-i.com and right from there you can download the plugin i highly recommend you guys doing that again this is a way where you can actually start to get involved with bitcoin it is super easy. You're going to these sites anyway to make, you know, to buy things, you know, from everything from CVS to Barnes and Noble to Casper if you're buying a new bed and to Sonos if you're buying some new speakers. There's so many places where you can go and start to interact with this. Alex, I can't wait to have you back on so you can give us a follow up and see how Lolly is growing. Thank you for joining us on Baselayer and we'll catch you soon. Thank you so much for having me. This layer, this layer, this